This is episode 273 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dio Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel. Triple YVs are only good for triple Ws. That's not what I said, once again. But, um, real quick, just if you get a friend's invitation from a weird account that says my name on it uh it's real so just so you know lost my facebook account some of y'all be getting some of those messages back don't report me as a scammer and get me like banned or something like that or do because it's funny um (laughs) (laughs) will you will you should practice your list before tournaments Hegwood. Oh, should I Dion? Oh, should I Dion? Uh, <laughs> should somebody else? When Ryan. Hmm? Ryan, I made a mistake. Stanizuski. I should have stuck with the list. I had 20 more games of rep with. Shockingly. There you go. All right, as for announcements and news, today we're going to be breaking down the Gen Con Top Cut. We, um, the, the convention was just ended yesterday. Ended yesterday. We're a little over 24 hours since the final uh, ended, and uh, we're going to be talking about it. But I have another announcement slash developing call for help that's going on so as a lot of you guys know uh we talked about last week that tabletop.to uh announced that they were shutting down uh and i have been in discussions with tabletop.to the uh, the proprietor of it now um i will be this is i'm going to give some transparency i want the website to continue to live on and i basically asked the um the, the the owner was like, would you be up for letting it live on? Uh, and he said, Dion, you don't know anything about coding. And I, I said, I understand, I understand that. I, I 100% understand that part. But if I could gather people or person or persons that do know stuff about computer magic, would you be would you be up for it? And essentially, I got like a, a, may, a maybe. If you have these skills and you're interested in helping me out to keep that going, to continue it, um, get in contact with me. I, I don't know where to find these people, but I figured putting putting a call out doesn't hurt. I'm saying basically looking for ex- somebody, people with web development experience. Uh, that way we could take take some looks together under the hood of TTT and see what uh, see what we can do to keep that website alive. And it's usually people in a dark basement who hiss whenever they hear a door knock. What? So that's where you start. Yeah. So find them first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, maybe, maybe if maybe it's you who are listening. Maybe it's uh, maybe you are a web developer who's not quite interested, but you have some tips for finding them. Like uh, this is in the the very beginning stages um, because I have no mental reference for how this works, but I am definitely the kind of person 
who, if I want to do something, we're going to find the way. And step one is let's find some people to help out. So, um, and I'm not necessarily asking for charity, by the way. I'm not telling, asking you to do it for free. Um, I have no, I don't know a frame of reference for what needs to be done. So that's something that can be discussed. But, uh, but if you want to help, hit me up. All right, we'll make it happen, or at least we'll try. All right. Today's episode brought to you by the Gold Squadron patrons uh, who make it so that the things that we want to do here at Gold Squadron, like going to Gen Con, like trying to keep TTT alive, um, we can do it. So thank you guys so much for your support. Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. So, Will, weave me a story. What was the tournament structure for this weekend? Well, it was three heats of Swiss rounds. Each, each heat had five rounds in it. And at the... Uh, uh, what do I want to say? At the fourth day, there would be a cut, an overall cut, uh, for everybody who was at least X and one. So you got to get four wins out of your five matches. And then as long as you did that on your heat, you progressed into uh, the single elimination rounds on uh, Sunday. I believe we had 22 that players on Sunday. That sounds like a number. I think I... that's right. Cause I think I was 11 ranked with 22 Nick Sperry. Yes, yes, there was 22. There was 22. Okay. That's right. And I figured before we, we break down the entire cut, uh, we all did get to play in the tournament. And I figured we talk a little bit about um, our experience. Um, yeah. What order should we go in? What are we doing? Uh, I think the tradition is uh, worst to best. <laughs> I think it's tied both ways. So, uh, Ryan, you had the least wins. You go first. Yes. Um, I played Heat 2, which was Friday. Um, I, going into Gen Con, was practicing a resistance list, which the archetype of which we will actually see quite often in the cut, uh, to my regret. Um, and I thought this type of resistance archetype or list, or maybe even the faction general that I was looking at, uh, did not have it to deal with some of the things that were developing in the meta, whether it be chaff clouds, whether it be some of the uh, evolutions of empire that were showing up, and um, maybe even some of the people who might decide again to come back to... Corp Alpha in Rebels, which um, did occur in some uh, some of the lists that were successful in Gen Con. So I opted instead mm -hmm. to go with, uh, I put myself in one of the three Separatist lists that were doing uh, moderately well recently, whether it be the Django, Grievous, Hyena, Two Vultures, the Cad, Grievous, Two Hyenas, Two Vultures, or what I did end up taking, which was Django, Grievous, Cad, and a Vulture. So, um, no 
actual practice with that list um was able to just lean on my times that i've flown a vulture the vultures aka a uh, single vulture uh grievous and cad in the past i had spent some time trying cad out a little bit django actually was the piece that i had the least experience with which turns out when it's probably your most important one is kind of the meh thing i actually didn't think i flew him that bad overall in the day um there was just a lot of like things that uh whether they were decision making or um maybe pivotal moments of under fully understanding what the list can and cannot do that led to my two eventual losses um let me think one of which came to christopher patrick who ended up in the cut crispy with his fo list um and then the other coming to uh, i think what was the gentleman's name it was it, it was not andrew schmidt but there was a philip schmidt um who ran a ray poe commander poe and two y-wings uh, both of which made the cut so both excellent players showing their uh, skills that day um and i just dropped after that just going two and two so i'm just gonna chill the rest of the day and uh ended up kind of being a flip side good thing for gold squadron because uh uh moderate spoiler i had to be the one casting on the elimination cut day we'll get into why momentarily <laughs> All right, and then on Friday, or Saturday, Senor Marcel Manzano took his crack at it. Yep, so I took a, uh, it says triple YV, but it was more like two YVs and a Winnebago. Um, so I flew Boss for, for any new players out there who are listening, it was just a modded model that looks like a Winnebago from no, it was a baseball that looks like just so you know okay just just, just um, i just want to be the, i don't want somebody else to be like winnebago the winnebago expansion <laughs> what up? is this <laughs> um so it was boss morallo and lats with uh, a ton of crew that um uh thankfully i played it uh like um i played a version of it during one of the galaxies one three and two in the galaxies and then i played it um maybe three or four times after that uh so i i was comfortable enough with the triggers that i don't think i missed many triggers and if i did um i wouldn't know because i did it without knowing mm -hmm. actually i did i did i i never even knew marksmanship existed so if i ever had a bullseye i don't know because I, I i'm just looking at it now like oh yeah i had that <laughs> um but uh it, it's a really fun list it's a very fun punch you very hard list it is not a list that is built to uh really win tournaments like this it has very uh, very difficult matchups against things that get behind you very fast like defenders like uh republic and it has a really hard time with some of the objectives especially the one that the toe one and um to an extent the uh the chance engagement because you would think the chance engagement probably has the the best matchup but the chance engagement also allows the opponent enough time to not want to joust and work their way behind you slowly uh so chance engagement actually was 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 one of the tougher ones as well went three and two with it i lost a very close match to uh an x1 it, it, uh, it's uh less similar to what 
uh, Nathan Idy had. So it's the X1 Vader, the the thing that moves around with the boosty thingies. Uh, like Pharaoh, is it? One of those guys, Vizier, Pharaoh, and some TIE Fighters. Uh, that was just, that was a really close match. It was, um, you know, it was punching left and right, and sometimes it's hard to get past those three agility when they don't want to die, and uh, that one didn't want to die. And then I also lost the final one, the the two and two cut, to a, um, a Django plus, it was similar to what Ryan brought, I think, Django, um, Grievous, Cad Bane, and uh, something else that died. And the um, all in all, I had a really good time. Uh, I played. Um, I, I thought I played pretty well, except the last match. I think the last match, uh, just I didn't play the best. And there, there was a bit of drama in the last match. I'm not gonna go get into it. Uh, the only thing that I would say is, if you're watching a match, um, just make sure not to talk about. Uh, rules, interactions, and engagements with the people that are playing uh, because that is bad etiquette. It's, it's up to the players to kind of figure all that stuff out. And if you are being part of that match, if somebody if you, if somebody's doing that, you know, just tell them in a, just let them know not to do it. It's, it's not, you know, don't, don't, don't make a scene about it. Just do that. So that's the only thing I would say about that. Uh, and the other part that I would say is uh, just, do a better job for me of preparing ahead of time and making sure that the tokens I have match the ships and stuff like that because uh, at the end of the day, uh, the second to last turn was one of it was a make or break turn where you know if, if I roll a certain amount of hits, I win basically and if I don't, I lose and I had, the way that the list flies is all three ships take a target lock, boss, Morello, and Lats. Uh, they all take a target lock, and Garce, and Morello re-rolls with Lando. Gar Saxon pulls the target lock from the other ships to get the additional die and then re-rolls with Lando. So since there was constantly a lot of locks on Django, Django constantly had three locks. I would pull the lock and I would say say it out, you know, like, oh, I'm taking Bosk lock, I'm taking Lats lock or whatever to roll the extra die, and then re-rolling with, with the calculates or whatever I had. Mm -hmm. And in that last turn, there was two locks on, on Django, so I pulled the Bosk one that we knew existed because of Bosk, and then I tried to re-roll with the lock that had been there from the beginning, with with um, lats, but because through the, throughout the pace of the game and just pulling and, and taking the locks off, the locks got mixed up and it wasn't the the same color lock that I had originally started with. So then the the Yoon ruled like, hey, you know, I I haven't sat here and watched the whole match. The color of that right. lock doesn't match the color of the ship, so you can't use that lock. So. Um, and that was a turn that essentially could have killed Django. I mean, you still could roll into blanks, I guess. But um, anyway, so that's more on just making sure that you are uh, a little bit more diligent with with 
you know, which tokens are on the board and when you're pulling a lock or to have them match. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. I had five locks that I was rotating in and out, um, in my Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and I was using all five locks. So I, you know, it just creates a big old mess and it's confusing and it's confusing for me. It's confusing for the opponent. Uh, in my head, I know what I have in there cause I'm the one that's saying it, but I, right. I can understand how the opponent could be like, uh, you know, I've seen you re-roll like every turn and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm re-rolling cause I have Lando. Like that's what Lando does re-rolls, but I can also, you know, it, it, it's understandable why it's confusing. Right. So, right. So, so I don't blame the, I don't blame the opponent on that one. It's, it's me not keeping a tidy organized yeah, uh, yeah. player. Yeah. So but overall fun. Uh, right. the biggest heartbreak of the day, honestly, for me was, um, uh, knocking Francois out, who's a dear friend of mine. And it was a very close match. And what I hear was a very difficult day because he showed up right on time and he had a scenario where he had the game one. And then all of a sudden they made him play another round because he showed up a little late and that extra round meant he lost. And then he got eliminated with the match against me. And, um, you know, He's a good friend, and it sucks to see uh, good friends pack it up. <laughs> so, anyway, but good time, all in all. And, and one, one final thing. The best match of the entire trip was that coup match on Friday night with you guys, with you three. <laughs> uh, I got to say that's been the most fun I've had. Like, I, I don't remember when, you know, it's just so... I missed it. Like that's the part of X-Wing that I miss most is just getting together with people and doing things that are extracurricular outside of just playing X-Wing. And uh, I learned that I'm never going to play that type of game against William again because he's a liar and a cheat and he (laughs) wins every time. So no more secret Hitler, no more cool for you. Nothing like that, buddy. We're (laughs) we're done. You and me are done. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I talked a lot. It's all all an act. It's all an act. (laughs) Surely. He's like, oh, Marcel, Marcel, Marcel. Assassinate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, while I continue, I'm I'm working on getting us a guest here. Uh, Will, can you go ahead and go through yours? Okay. Uh, I played on day uh, one, heat one. Uh, I got... uh, uh, fourth overall and third in resistance. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> or sorry, third in Imperial. Um, my bad. Uh, so uh, a little disappointing there as I missed out on uh, the the those cool Grand Inquisitor dials. But I ended up uh, taking a uh, list flown by Catch uh, last weekend at the in Hanover. Or the weekend before this, or whatever, at the another uh, world qualifier open, and I don't know for some reason it just spoke to me, and I thought uh, it would be just really fun to fly. So it's Oiken, Mornaki, and Jingo Jingo Wampa, and they are just uh, the the most scoundrelous uh, Imperials I've ever seen. Uh, they're putting out tokens. Uh, still making you remove your tokens, uh, death troopers, um, uh, menace out there making people keep their stress. 
Uh, so I had a lot of fun playing with it. I ended up uh, four and one for the day, which got me into uh, the cuts on Sunday. And uh, unfortunately, I did have to play against uh, GSP and 312's own Nick Sperry. And uh, I am not happy with my deployment. I thought I deployed in a way that I had some options, um, but for, for whatever reason, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, at least in setup. I, think, uh, I don't feel bad about the game itself uh, mm -hmm. because I, I had scored quite a few points at least, like uh, at least like 14 or 15, something like that. So not, not, a, not a bad showing. Um, but uh, yeah, had a bunch of fun flying decimators around. Never did lose my Morna Key all tournament. Uh, so that was uh, very, man, very interesting. I had flown a lot of decimators, but not for a long time. And never Morna Key and Oiken. It was always Rack. Uh, but uh, man, there's something, something just freeing about not rolling agility dice man uh just having the health until nick sperry puts seven damage through uh, against a reinforced obstructed decimator uh just absolutely blasted me with one of those trick shot shattering shots so uh but he didn't make it very far after me. Um, so I don't think I would have made it very far uh, down on a, the bottom of our bracket either. So, uh, but I had a great time uh, casting as well, filling in uh, when Dion couldn't and uh, uh, on the day he played. Had a lot of fun with Chris Allen. Big shout out to Chris Allen and uh, Crispy uh, as well, who helped uh, Dion uh, commentate and uh, and Ryan, of course, you Ryan. Thanks for helping mm -hmm. jump in. And then for myself, uh, I played on Friday, the second day, and also made the cut. Was very excited about it. And uh, the only list that I had played. Up until Gen Con uh, was after our Galactic Championship where Qu Crispy won with the FO list that he's been playing. Uh, Grudge, Dread, Commander Mulvers, Scorch, and Kylo Ren in that um, TIE Whisper. Uh, I played it. I probably had about 12 to 15 reps with it but didn't have any. I, I actually was thinking about changing last minute just to play something different. But I figured I don't get to play very often. Let me play something that I've practiced. Um, and I did well. I was very happy. I lost in the first round um, to Christopher Tanner, whose name is right underneath mine, right there. Boba Fett, Iman, and Kanan. Um, and then I lost to nearly the exact same – it was same pilot, slightly different loadout. Uh, I lost to Cam Murray on day two. On, the, well, on Sunday on the cut day it was a great time um, overall that uh, we'll, we'll I'll get more into what happened in that game when we go through that top through actually through the top cut because I don't want to keep our guests waiting too long so we're gonna go ahead and flip over hopefully he's ready he was around a second ago there he is uh, 
That's all right. Let's uh, give me a second, and it should. Where's this pretty face? I'm I'm, I'm coming. It's coming. Refresh. Okay. Hold on one second. We'll get them right now. Just have to turn it on and off again. Boom. There it is. Hey, I said I, I said his pretty face, not that one. No. no what, about, what about this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have here Duncan Howard, the champion, our, nor, our, nor, our new North American champion from Gen Con, that world qualifier. Um, Duncan, I'm going to ask you first a cheesy question. How does it feel to be the champion? Dion, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I got like single-digit hours of sleep over four days. But uh, no, it, it feels good. It feels good to... Um, you know, sometimes I don't know when you're uh, when you play in tournaments and you're like, I don't know, I didn't do as well as I wanted to at Adepticon. I'm like, man, am I bad at 2.5? Like, uh, I don't know. Feel it feels good, you know, to have that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, Dude, uh, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Only you. Well, maybe not only you can, but <laughs> I can think. I did bad at one tournament. That means I'm bad. Look, it was the first 2.5 tournament. I'm like, oh man, what if I'm not built for 2.5? What if this is like, you know, the the end the end of my uh, you know tournament winning you know career? No joke, Marcel. That's how I'm feeling right now because I didn't get to go to Adepticon, and I bumped and I bummed out of Gen Con, so I'm yeah. like, I need a resurgence too. Well, it's a real, it's a real feeling. With, yeah, with uh, what with. With uh, Curl Paul, God, I can't think of his name. Knuckle. Andrew, Andrew, oh, Knuckles. Knuckles. Yeah, Andrew Knuckles. Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, if, if if you know how to move stuff around and you knew how to move stuff around before, you're still moving stuff around now. That's basically what it is. All right, Duncan. So uh, go ahead. Let us know what was your list. We'll start. We'll start there. What'd you fly? Uh, man, let me see if I can recite it from memory. So let's start with uh, Delta Seven B Anakin. So he gets the extra attack dice, uh, fewer agility, and more shields. Um, crack shot, uh, compassion for the extra one point I had. Um, there was some other debate on upgrades there, but really not too much. Um, he had chopper, uh, Republic chopper, uh, which can synergize pretty well with Anakin's ability. Um, trying to like total up all the things in my head and uh, spare parts canisters. Um, that brings him to his full loadout. We had uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in the Delta Seven with R Republic R two D two. Uh, and elusive and calibrated laser targeting that fills out his 10 loadout. Uh, contrail with um, Besh, so he gets a bomb slot, proton bombs, synchronized console, R3A7, so three crits a game, um, and uh, crack shot. And uh, lastly, was Hound with uh, some cards you might guys might not know is uh, Corky Crees. <laughs> uh, C-3PO, Synchronized Console, 7th Fleet Gunner, and Agile Gunner. All right. So um, I know we talked about, about it a little bit. Um, last, was that really last night? Last night. It was actually last night. Yes. Um, we talked a little bit about <laughs> oh, the, the, the development. <laughs> and I think I'll let, I'll let Ryan kind of lead that conversation because I know he was planning on bringing yeah, it up. Yeah, Ryan, you take it from here because it's, it's, it's actually his baby. All right. Ready, set go what wh where did it start so it started because like obviously a lot of people uh didn't find a lot of things in republic right uh it wasn't very obvious early on and we figured uh when you look at the points adjustments you're like 
there's got to be something to 7B Anakin. Like, there just has to be. There's no, like, seven points for him. He was, like, eight or nine. Like, that's alarmingly a, a very good piece. Feels like something you should, it's worth exploring in Republic. Um, and turns um, Seventh Fleet Gunner is really good. For a while, Hound was like, do we do barrage rockets to add the additional shot? Do we do Seventh Fleet? Uh, we always liked having a coordinator at the time. Um, and then trying to figure out, all right, what are the final like two pieces? Uh, early on, it was early. It was stuff like two four point things, like oddball, the, any oddball, right? Proton torps is pretty nice. And then um, anything from like Ahsoka CLT to Bear to Barris CLT to you know anything that fits that four point mold that felt like passive mods Jedi was pretty good. As the torps started coming out, we're like, man, we really this needs to adjust for the torps um i think duncan found early on the ada ob we tried with juke heightened perception and ion cannon uh that was that was the list for an extremely long time uh, yeah about a month we, right standing a, a month and a half or two months i think um trying to figure out the three-point piece then at the time because we were keeping seven b anakin um, was it going to be Contrail? Was it going to be Click? For a while, I was on Click. Duncan tried out Contrail. Um, Anakin, also, we were trying to figure out, should it be... Early on, we were like, Outmaneuver sounds really good on Anakin, right? Just staple that on him, find the th last three points you want to use, whether it is the crit droid, which is nice, um, or it's a two-point droid and like a sync counselor or something, because you have the rerolls from the lat, and maybe you could pass something along to something else if there's a point left over for, seven, for uh, the sync council. Um, turns out when you put out maneuver on Anakin, everyone wants to point at him. <laughs> so uh, it's a good idea to maybe not spend all your points on a uh, upgrade that's going to be gotten rid of completely if stuff starts just looking at you. Um, so another kind of an adaptation was, okay, what other astromechs or high point things can we look at on the ship that... Uh, could help Anakin live a bit longer, uh, but also not not completely completely lose his offense. Um, because we're already flying Hound, R2-D2 Astromech was a really good thing that we looked at because we're like, okay, this can extend Anakin's life. Um, if people don't get enough shots on him or have enough ability to get shots on him, uh, he can get a shield back. Hound can take the deplete from Anakin and then move forward with his life and still living and shooting and killing things, which is Anakin's really good at. Spare parts canisters is a good way to say, if you do look at me and want to take locks on me, you either have to account for me completely repositioning out of your arc or just saying, action, no locks for you, and I'm not getting torped. Um, and Duncan, I think you kind of ran with it from there because then you... you Because we, we had Ayla Secura as the main crew because we felt like we needed a coordinator for that Ada OB. Um, so we wanted to coordinate to give that A to OB an evade, uh, or a focus, depending on if the opposing ships have jam and you don't want them to jam your evade off, you jam the focus and then OB can move into an evade. Um, but we had a Ayla or Palp or eventually Duncan moved into, uh, Yoda, which gave us room for Agile Gunner, which early on we severely underrated how good it was. Um, and I think, Duncan, you probably have more of the development from this point on. Yeah, so uh, swapping off of Ayla Barrage for me, because I, I was never a believer in 7th Fleet. I've never flown it before. I used to see it on ARCs, and I'm like, why would you just give up a shot? 
right? Um, never believed in Seventh Fleet until I played it. Uh, in the meta we have right now, where there's so many three agility ships, and you might just roll a three attack die shot and just not hit something. Uh, I found Seventh Fleet to be great. Um, over the weekend, it was a great way to like take a range two or three. Uh, you get a four die shot with force and two rerolls from the lat, and that can just start uh, hammering people right from the get-go before Anakin gets in there. Uh, we had swapped to Yoda uh, when we were still on Obi-Wan uh, in the Ada because uh, when he takes, or when Anakin would take the Purple of Aid, you could uh, Yoda back that force. Um, when you, you could coordinate to Obi-Wan, uh, like a focus or an evade, he could run into combat, get a focus from his ability, and an evade. And then you have focus, focus, evade, Obi, and he's really not going to die. Um, and we were on that for a while with uh, with Yoda, um, Seventh Fleet Agile. And I was on Contrail for a while because I believe Chopper is probably one of the best upgrades Republic can have. And if you waste a charge, turn one on Chopper, and then use it when they look at him, maybe, uh, and then he's erratic, um, He's just a really annoying three-point ship running around jamming people. Uh, and I, I think that's probably one of the best upgrades in Republic. Um, and he was something we didn't want to look at. And I ran with that list up until about a week ago, in which I had Chris Allen come down or come up from North Carolina. And we jammed about 12 games in two days. Um, and uh, we swapped a lot of upgrades. So we realized that Ada Obi-Wan has a 50-50 shot to die to a grudge prox mine. If that Obi-Wan that has three tokens gets chaffed um, and jammed from Wylo, you're basically down to one token and some force, and you actually have a reasonable shot to take a lot of damage. So swapping to, uh, so we swapped to CLT Obi-Wan pretty quickly for the shield upgrade. And then one of the difficult aspects of playtesting with Chris was to come up with a, this is Chris Allen, by the way, a very mm -hmm. intelligent individual, I'm sure, after your conversation with him, Dion mm -hmm. and Will, last night, we can tell that Chris knows a lot of, about what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, Coming up with an Anakin that, as Ryan said, uh, is a middle ground between never look at him, they're never going to look at him, and they're always going to look at him. Outmaneuver R7 is they're always going to look at Anakin, and uh, the R2-D2 on Anakin with spare parts where he had the potential to have nine total health and basically be a defender um, was an Anakin nobody ever wanted to look at, right? So he's just going through the whole game, never using R2, never using uh, spare parts. So that's where we came to the Anakin build we were on, where you put Chopper on him, which synergizes with his ability, if you know how the ability queue works. Um, and then uh, with Contrail, now that we didn't have uh, Chopper there, we decided to throw some bombs on there, just make people, you know, just to hold some objectives. I couldn't get my head around uh, seismic or uh, proximity mind, so I went with uh, the crit droid and uh, proton bombs, and I just threw sync console for the extra point, and proton bombs did really did, did work for me this weekend. That's awesome. Now, um, looking at that, so was Contrail the call because of Initiative 5, or is it just because it had the most amount of loadout, give you the most flexibility? It's kind of a mix of both. In addition to the fact that, so in addition to the fact that he's I3, or sorry, I5, three points, um, I could move him and Obi-Wan uh, in whatever order I want, which did matter for a couple games, right? And this is uh, the debate that uh, Stanny and I were having over Click versus Contrail. Mm -hmm. Additionally, Click is just uh, completely destroyed by Chaff Clouds. He breaks every single lock, even if you're the R3 and you double lock your aces and just protect them uh, from range bonus attacks and stuff like that, um, or you use it to pump up your shot so they don't get a range bonus. Um, when you get Chaffed, and Chaff being a matter of when, not if, 
um, I, I figured that Contrail was the way to go, especially with the most load out there. Very uh, cool. Do you want to <clears throat> talk about how you came to this uh, hound that doesn't have a coordinating crew? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that, I, forgot, I realized I forgot about the... Uh, the big part that uh, the big part that uh, you know I forgot to talk about was Chris and I were taking a walk with Baron and we we're trying to figure out a lat that just doesn't straight up die, uh, which is hard, right? Like people will look at it and realize it's a one agility ship that usually spends all its force coordinating, um, or will spend it on one defensive roll one time, and uh, it's just going to die. It's like a you know a B wing with two extra health, and it's really susceptible to crits and people. And most of the list offense um, comes from the lat, right? The two rerolls uh, twice a turn sometimes, but then you recharge one. Uh, the seventh fleet gunner, you know, et cetera, and taking the depletes away so that uh, Obi-Wan's offense is not uh, hurt from him doing R2-D2. Uh, so we, uh, no C-3PO was a pretty good thing because Chris has been trying it on gauntlets, right? Two agility with a reroll and double calculates. That, that's a hard gauntlet to kill. Um, so we looked at C-3PO, and then we said, well, what can we do with the extra points? Because 7th Fleet and Agile are really good. Then we found Corky. Uh, I think there was a player in the Hanover uh, Invitational event, uh, the uh, World's Invite event, uh, mm -hmm. that ran Corky Satine. Um, the second paragraph of Corky never came into play, the one where he like is a half-tactical scrambler. Never came into play, but the front half, where you basically can pass one of those two calculates to a friendly ship in front of you, um, really helped this weekend. It was uh, astronomical how amazing that card was. Because one, if they focus on the lat, he's got basically two rerolls with two calculate. Or he's got a reroll every turn and two calculates to spend. So he was hard to kill, as you could see in the final game, and uh, and versus Nathan as well. And then um, if he sits in the back and is out of range, and your ship runs forward to capture an objective. Uh, and spent its action doing that, you can pass that calculate to them, and it's basically like that ship has a force on it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Or saved it, or gets its force back, similar to how Yoda crew works, if it wanted to use like its Aether Sprite ability to reposition, do a scenario action, pass the calc to help get its force back replenished for that turn, using it for reposition. Exactly. A lot of times I would run up with uh, Obi-Wan and do a uh, Purple Evade, which costs a force, but then when you keep passing those calculates to him and spending those instead of his other force, um, he's, you know, he regens that force back up to his full amount. And he's just been spending that calculate as though it were a force, and he just tanks insane amounts of shots with elusive, his three dice, evade, and force, and calculates. That's awesome to see, uh, you know, a card, you know, we've had it now for, for a few months, about about half a year, about six months now, and it, it hasn't gotten much uh, gotten much use. I wonder if partially it's uh, that it has a, a name that most people don't recognize, right? He's everybody's favorite Star Wars character, <laughs> and uh, he's, do, he's doing some work out there. He's doing some work out there. Um, I wanted to ask about, uh, with, with Corky Kreese, um, uh, you you're going to have to have that lat. Most people, when, when I've seen people play lats, a lot of them, the, the arc is 90% of the time left, right. And they're just kind of skirting the edge with this. Is it most of the time, are you at least starting the game with that turret to the front and kind of leading with it? Well, you can do whatever you want because you have agile gunner. Right. So I usually start with a front back um, and just kind of start driving the lat towards the middle. And then I see where they're engaging um, with the shift that I want to get the rerolls on. 
Um, and you can, uh, and your opponent doesn't know what, uh, what you want to target priority, right? So if you roll up kind of in the middle with the lat with the front, uh, with the arc facing front back, uh, and you turn it to the side, you can still uh, do like a one bank or uh, just continue on forward and uh, have your arc to the side and you get rerolls on the ships out your side, or you can too hard and then um, you have your arcs facing to the side, you can get the ships that were previously in your front. And then you can start, you know, having them chase you, uh, which is, you know, kind of a hard thing to do when you have the double calculate and the uh, C-3PO reroll. And can you can you explain to us the the C one ten P aka Chopper and Anakin uh, how that works? Cause I, you know that's going to be something that when people look at it at first they're going to go, huh? How's how's this work? Show us the magic. Okay, so it does have to reference the ability queue, um, and Chris Allen had to like hammer this into my head, and I had to ask him probably four times over the weekend how this works. So let's start with the erratic side because that's easy. So the erratic side says um, after you fully execute a maneuver, it was erratic to fully, just everybody, by the way, both sides yep. uh, fully execute. So make sure you know that before you bump and do your, you know, red of eight or something like that, right? Um, so the erratic side says, uh, you know, when you fully execute a maneuver, you may damage ship at zero to one, which can include yourself. However, it works at the exact same time and doesn't have uh, requirements uh, like the other side does. Uh, to have a ship at, uh, well, so basically you can fine tune and chopper in any order you want, mm -hmm. right? If there's a ship at zero to one after you execute a maneuver, you can jam that ship and then fine tuned. Or if you're not in range or the ship you want is not in range, you can fine tune and then jam that ship. Right. Um, or you can jam yourself if you're not in range of anybody, which is usually pretty rare with the fact that you um, have your maneuver plus the range from a boost or a barrel roll. Now, the difficult side is the chopper side with the evades. Um, so it says after you fully execute a maneuver, you can perform a red evade action even while stressed. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I may get corrected here at some point, um, is that when you do the red evade, you can Anakin away the stress from that, which is basically just like he did a purple evade, um, if you want to get rid of the stress. Um, so, but if you want to fine tune after that, because of the way the ability key works, I believe both instances of before you did the fine-tuned and after you did the fine-tuned, you have to have ships fulfill the requirement for Anakin's pilot ability. Yeah, that's very similar to how uh, Tyler Tippett and maybe a few other players tried 7B Anakin with Daredevil. Same type of effect. If you want to get rid of that stress from the red action like the red evade or would be the red hard one boost for daredevil you need to fulfill anakin's uh, ability of in bullseye or range one before and after yeah uh bullseye or range zero to one so when you move with anakin so for an example if you move with anakin and there's a ship at zero to one in front of you and you chopper the red evade uh, you start lining up the ability queue. Uh, might be behoove you to call a judge over at this point, so you say it in the correct order. Uh, you spend a you spend a force to get rid of the stress, and then you spend a force to fine tuned. Um, after you're fine tuned, you still have to have a ship at zero to one in your front arc or in your bullseye arc. There it is. There if it is. If you want to end, not stressed. <laughs> 
and and I think like that's a that's a very different use of exploring it with Daredevil, like Ryan was talking about it, or um, or with, with Chopper, because most people think about Anakin's ability as like, oh, that means when I K turn or sloop, I can have a possibility of losing the stress. This is taking that to that next level and trying to find other cards that synergize with it. And one extra added benefit is that Chopper takes place after you execute a maneuver. I forgot to add this part. Mm -hmm. So in the scenarios which require actions, uh, very commonly what I would do is I would roll in, if I'm taking a shot, is I would roll up with Anakin, take the Chopper right of aid, force, spend a force to take the stress away if I fulfilled the requirement, and then perform the scenario action as my original action. So you're actually not you know, hanging yourself out to dry with no actions. Um, so you have evade and force. There you go. Uh, that's 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 a good point because I know in those uh, in scramble and salvage, it can be kind of scary to to spend that spend that action when you only got one and somebody rolls up and slaps you around a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend picking picking up a crate with um, with Anakin, but you know you can <laughs> if you if you really need to. I picked it up with Obi Wan once, and I spent like two turns not doing anything. So. <laughs> I guess it worked out. Will, do you have any questions about the list or comments? Marcel? Uh, you must love Crackshot. I do Is love Crackshot. It's, it's probably my favorite upgrade in the yeah. game. Um, and I've, I've just never find, found bullseye mechanics to be that hard. And it's, uh, it's, it's a really good upgrade for three points, right? Just to cancel, especially when you have the R7A7 crit droid. And you can just force to You remind your opponent that you have Crackshot because you don't want to pull a gotcha on you. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, you um, can force token over expenditure, or you can uh, sneak in some crits. Yeah, for me, I think the the biggest takeaway that I'm that I'm seeing, and it's one that I actually came came before as well. I think it was after Adepticon, um, with um, listening to listening to uh, the Crates podcast, um, is just the it takes a village approach, uh, where. I mean, when you said Chris Allen drove up and we played 12 games in 48 hours or something like that, like, like that's insane. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I'm thinking like I'm I'm sitting here building little, little fun things that I think are good and head simming and playing one game a week and stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of the X-Men community is like that, where, we're, you know, we're building stuff that we think is good and it's good in our own mm -hmm. head. Um and then we may, well, you know, test it out in, in TTS or something like that or take it to the League Night. Uh, but I think very few communities, you know, I think in Europe it's probably a little bit more more popular where you get like the, the uh, Ollie's group or, or the Polish groups and things like that. And they, and they get together and, and really talk about um, the list and what's good and helping tweak as a group where, um, again, a lot of us, I'm saying us, myself and other people is – really just um a couple things i think it's it's really just either not having that community to you know where, where there's uh that level of competitive uh, that level of like that number of people that are interested in competitive play to be able to uh go through that that gauntlet of okay let, let's just try 10 different things and and build something out for a tournament that's three months away yeah uh, it, or 
probably a little bit of the older mindset of uh, I found the nugget and I'm not going to, it's my nugget and I'm not going to tell anybody because it's my secret tech and nobody's going to touch it. And if people find out about my secret tech, then everybody's going to, you know, copy and, and, and whatever. And then when you bring your secret tech to a tournament, you find out it's garbage. It's like, ah, I wish somebody would have tested it. <laughs> um, so anyway, so for me, that's, that's, that's a really interesting takeaway that I'm, that, that I'm seeing and, um, and something that I admire about yourself, the crates, and also some of the teams in Europe that that have the um, uh, the coordination and the what's I can't think of the right word, but basically the, the I don't know, endurance is not the right word, but just like the discipline to be able to do that over a long period of time versus uh, I know I I've tried to do it a couple times with a couple people here. And I'm usually the one that drops off because I get bored and I'm like, ah, whatever. So I know it takes a lot of discipline. So, so big ups to you guys, but that's, that's something that just hearing you talk about it and you and Ryan and Chris and all the other people, like I said, I think it was Travis and uh, Heaver that were talking about it in the podcast as well, that you guys were doing that together for Adepticon. I think, I think that's just so cool. Yeah, it's um, and, and when I say Chris and I played twelve games, it wasn't like twelve full games, but it's like you know recognizing that hey, like this is turn three or four, we're halfway through, and I'm probably don't have a win con from here on out. They're not full, or like uh, we did, we played a game where Anakin one shot Malarus on turn two, and he's like, oh, that's only twenty percent chance of that to happen. So like, let's reset. That's not a game worth it, but it's good to know that you know Anakin has that capability of doing stuff like that. And when you say it takes like a village, or you know. Um, crowdsourcing uh, to come up with a list, you know, I think there's something to be said for like squadron camaraderie, like, you know, like, oh, that keep the secret tech within like Nova squadron or gold squadron or something like that. Uh, but there's also like crowdsourcing. Like I talk, like Ryan is one of the people I talk to because like, Hey Ryan, like this is what my locals are doing. And I may be checking against the wrong stuff. What are your locals doing? And then talk to someone from like Cali, like, Hey Ryan, farmer, what are your locals doing over there? You know, because uh, it's it's not like Gen Con is a one region event. Um, and Ryan did a good job about, uh, Stanley just did a good job about talking about like how the list adapted over time. Rebel Alpha comes out of the woodwork when the when the points change happens. So we go to Juke, Heightened, Ion Cannon, Obi, and then realize that we really need to beat FO um, instead of Rebel Alpha. So let's swap to CLT Obi, and that's, a, you know, uh, you know, how the meta kind of morphs over time. Yeah, how AKA, we have to adapt to it. AK over the weekend was coin term yeet beam OB because when you get that range one bullseye, it is Yeah, it is that is, quite the, quite that is also a good interaction that the list has is the fact that um, Hound can take the depletes from R2-D2, see R2-D2 with no consequences, but also the seventh fleet gunner on the range one bullseye CLT shot for basically a proc at every turn is pretty good. So just 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 for reference, there, Seven Fleet Gunner allows you to add one die, so it'll be Obi One. Normally two dice, the CLT version, range one for another one. Um, the fourth one coming from the Seven Fleet Gunner, and that calibrated laser targeting focus does not count as a die; it's a result, which is why it synergizes with that Seven Fleet Gunner. Exactly. Yeah, it gets around the four die ma uh, max that Seven Fleet Gunner says you have. But also, it allows Anakin to basically fire four dice at every range, if he wanted to. 
901. Or if, or if a lot of stuff already is range one, the contrail's a real shot with three mm. dice two. Contrail two, when he comes in last with that four dice shot with focus rerolls and crack shot in R787, he'll sneak a crit in there. That can be scary. Yeah, we talked about recently on GSP how uh, how difficult it is to kill, kill a Q9. Duncan, you one rounded a Q9? I did one round a Q9 with. Uh, yeah, the, the old Procket shot, the range one um, from Obi-Wan, and uh, the range one Seventh Fleet gunner uh, crack shot from Contrail. That was in crates because everyone but Anakin had a crate, so I couldn't reposition. I just lined him up in bullseye and got him. So. Now, I, I, I got a bone to pick it with, with you on that one, though. Because you did it against Tim, and, and Tim's my guy. Like, he's my local yeah. Chicago guy. He's my buddy. Yeah. So... Uh, Tim, Tim, Tim came to me and needed a shoulder to cry, and he's like, "Oh man, I feel, I feel bad because he didn't have the Mandalorian crew to reinforce. He had Fen Rao crew and the child, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a combination of really lucky crits. I think I got a direct in there, and all the crack shots being lined up too, just to be like, well, if I can one round the ship, I'm going to do it." We did find out later, talking to D and Chris, that Crackshot would get rid of the reinforce of aid anyway. So oh, yeah. If necessary, Duncan probably still could have done it. Yeah, I think just not having not having that reinforced just doubled down. It it, it was <laughs> it was assured. Um, yeah. One one question that did come up on stream, and I just I want to get the opportunity to ask you directly. It's about the spar spare parts canister. I know a lot of people kind of look at that as uh, it's like a mini rig cargo chute. Were you using it in that way? And I, I think I know the answer. I'm just serving up the question. Uh, are you using it as a rig cargo? Did you have the opportunity to use it as a surprise debris, or is it mostly just a, a charge for chopper? So I, I actually have in about the 30 to 40 games I now have with the list um, in its different variations, uh, I have only dropped it twice. And that was both at Gen Con. Um, never once used it to recharge Chopper. I want to get Chopper to erratic basically as fast as possible, but I don't want to waste charges, if that makes sense. You don't want to, like, turn one Chopper, turn two Chopper, and then turn it off. On. Um, I would flip it, you know, when I, when I feel it was necessary, uh, when I actually wanted the evade. Um, I dropped it once to avoid a Bosk target lock because he could have gotten seven points off me, but the game was out of hand at that point anyway. Um, and I actually, in my top eight match versus uh, Grasser, I didn't know what it did if I dropped it on somebody. So we had to ask D what it did. And he spent like 10 minutes looking it up. Because um, uh, if I was first Wait. player, I was going to be able to drop it on Darth Vader. But if I was second player, I would have been able to just, you know, line up on Vader and, and shoot him. So I was he, like, he runs wait, over wait, wait, and does wait. this secretly with D, and he comes back later and asks, "What'd you ask D?" Like, I don't know what the cl cloud does, and I just go, "Come on, I must have read this to you at some point." <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just uh, surprised that you said it took him ten minutes because on on Saturday, uh, my opponent dropped a a a spare charge or a spare canister, or whatever it's called, spare on top of canister, me, yeah. and he came over and he spent ten minutes trying to figure it out with us and told us on Saturday and he told us like, okay, you get a strain, you roll for a stress, you can still shoot. Uh, yeah. And so I'm surprised that he forgot all of that in 24 hours. <laughs> he, he's, get, he's getting old. Don't worry. You know, take it easy on him. 
that was, that was the night we went to St. Elmo's anyway. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> He, uh, you know, he was uh, he was getting a little confused by the fact that it says it's a debris cloud, you know, and I think he was like thinking it does the same thing as a debris cloud. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's strain 50-50 for stress, like rig cargo shoots. So it's not like the biggest NPE in the world if I drop it on Darth Vader, you know, or something like that, which I was planning on doing. I was hoping to, you know, get Darth Vader with it, but it didn't work out. There you go. And, um, yeah, so, Duncan, um, you had to fight through a, uh, a pretty ridiculous, pre- pretty ridiculous uh, side of the bracket. That bottom half was stacked. Do you want to maybe just give us any, uh, any highlights from your games, any, any moments you thought were, uh, were, were tasting little morsels? Um, tasty little morsels. I had a great game versus Nick Sperry in top 16. His list intrigues me. I actually have a very similar version in my box for tomorrow night for a casual night. And I'm going to see how that works out. Um, that was Han Wedge Luke. I'm just, I've been excited to make Rebel Han work for a little while. He's, he's fun. Uh, top eight versus Grasser. Great game. Um, you know, I was uh, lucky to do a, like three or four blocks on uh, Darth Vader with Obi-Wan. Um, so that kind of helped keep me, you know, alive while I killed Mornaki and one shot two Tie Fighters. Uh, top four versus Nathan, winning on the last turn. That was, I'm sure, I think you guys saw that on on the stream game. The, the five health. No, we, fair no, we, no, we uh, we caught it uh, just as the other game had ended. Uh, we swapped um, back over to see the the rerolls into a crit uh, yeah. to kill him uh, because of the fuel leak. Yeah, because killing a five health fair off from a fuel leak, and I had crack shot, so he didn't have the fair off ability to roll the evade, um, and then not lose any points on Obi Wan uh, from a range one Jingoist and a range one Vader with uh, target lock focus. Um, so that was scary, uh, and I won by one point there because Obi didn't take damage. But I was super prepared after he strained Obi, and if Obi blanked out, even with elusive. If the crit was a uh, pilot crit to compassion it away to save the half points, I would I would have been that would have been the best way to end that game. <laughs> <laughs> a one point um, card that very oh, few people even know what it does. I was looking straight at it and I pointed to it right at, right when Tippett saw him roll a crit. So and um, like, thematically too, the the Anakin and Obi saving each other. Yeah, and I think the final game was just a good example of um, you know after my loss to Mark Moriarty on a tie where I didn't pay attention to objectives. I was in the, you know, kill, kill, kill mindset um, that I went into that game looking at all the objectives and my win cons and um, basically using hitting the button to both force my opponent to not gain a point and for me to gain a point, which is basically like killing a TIE fighter per turn while Knuckles was in the mindset of like, I need to kill things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't like really, I don't think he was watching the objectives for, uh, like I was. Um and uh, that, I think that's a good example of how, like, you got to mix killing ships versus, like, capping objectives and how important and, like, especially how fast scramble can get away from you if your opponent has two or three. Oh, I thought, yeah. uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, in that last turn, in the final turn, essentially what Knuckles needed to do, because um, he turned Vader in to take out um, Hounds. So basically what he needed to do instead of turn all three in to take out Hound is take the TIE fighter that was up there with Vader at the time to capture an objective mm-hmm. and then use the other two to take out Hound because he needed one objective plus Hound to win. That was like his only way of yes. winning, correct? However, and if he doesn't... Not, 
him not doing the math correctly? Is that really just all it? I'm not 100% sure on the math. I haven't looked it up yet, but um, the uh, the hound that had two calculates and sitting range three had a semi-decent shot of not dying there. Um, so the, he was really worried about that. And again, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, he kind of got in his own head and like, the math probably definitely favored him uh, to kill hound with three, those, you know, uh, two or three shots, however many had lined up. Uh, but he wanted the kill. He wanted the guarantee because if he doesn't get those five, he loses the game. And and do you do you remember what we did at the very end, or what you did at the very end of the game with uh, with the measuring range one? You know, Vader had turned in, and he chose yeah. to do a was it a focus it was a action? Bank boost. It was a bank boost instead of uh, ah, the, that middle objective. Yep. Which would have which would have um, ended it in a tie, if I'm not mistaken. But but in all fairness, <laughs> in all fairness, right? Um, yeah. Neither of us knew how much longer the game was going to go. Exactly. Right? The game, the game was a seventy-four minute game. If Chris told me right, yes, yes, it was. Um, it could have theoretically gone another four minutes. On that, I start. I I continue to keep winning because I have two objectives, and I continue to use contrail to cap objectives. Mm -hmm. And Obi Wan just turns in and kills a Tie Fighter, and the game gets way out of hand. I go above twenty at that point. Right. So that was the opportunity Knuckles had to win. I don't think he trusted the math. Um, which I would say favored him, but not a hundred percent, you right. know, and we're a lot of players are very risk averse, myself included. So, all right. So, uh, Duncan, I, I want to say thank you so much for your time. I don't want to keep you too much longer. You need to get some rest. And... I know. I look like I look like a donut. <laughs> Snuggle up with that puppy. And no, uh... Baron. He's very cute. Aww, and um, we'll we'll talk later. We'll, I'll see you at the next thing. Nova Open, maybe. Yeah, I'll be at Nova in a month. I'll be bringing a different list. All right, cool. I'll see you. See you then, my friend. All right, bye guys. Bye bye. Night. All right, so now what we're going to end up doing is, of course, going to break down the other top cut lists, uh, but a great, great discussion there. I know normally we don't do guests. Normally we don't do guests, but I think that was uh, an was, uh, opportunity, so let, we, we, went, we went for it. Um, where do we want to start? We got a bunch of lists to get through. <laughs> Well, start, right, I guess just, we, 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 we started at the top, right? We started yeah, we at number started, one. We started at number we two. Talking, and talking about Knuckles anyway, so. All right, so let's go. And Andrew Knuckles played day two. Uh, day two. So let's go ahead and bring this up right there. All right, Marcel, you want to go ahead and break this one down? Sure. So uh, Knuckles, and for those who – I don't think we mentioned it, but but Andrew came in uh, not with without a ticket to play, so he um, he got convinced to play morning of. So he was uh, crowdsourcing. There's another. There's the word again. He was asking people around, like, "Hey, what what can I fly?" And people, somebody had an extra, not an extra, but somebody was flying on a different day with this list. So they're like, "Well, you can use my list since I'm not flying today." Um, so he picked it up and I think this was either, I think this was his first games of, uh, 2.5, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, two, um, 2.6. Okay. So 2.6. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> which means nothing, but, uh, yeah, he, he hadn't played in months. Essentially, he hadn't played in months. So he, he, he was coming in fresh. So he flew, uh, Darth Vader in the tight defender, uh, AKA easy mode, uh, with heavy laser cannon, malice and juke, um, 
with I verse Versil Versil with heavy laser cannon that I shot and crack shot really focused on that bullseye. I think most people go with the ion cannon, but um, going with the bullseye. ISB jingoist with dead man's switch. The other jingoist with contraband cybernetics. Valen Ruder with marksmanship and Wampa with um, elusive and coming in at 20 points. One of the things that I find interesting about this list is that a lot of people have a fear of coming in below the limit of um, it's like the sunk cost fallacy. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I paid for a jingoist with three loadout points, so I'm going to use all three loadout points. Um, so there's this fear of leaving points on the board for the loadout points. So this list does it twice, once with Valen Rudor and, and again with uh, Dead Man's switch on the ISP jingoist, limiting some loadout points on the board. And again, uh, I think this is a good lesson that if it's the tech that you want, don't worry so much about the points. If, 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 if you leave one or two points on the board because you can, because the upgrades aren't, you know, worthwhile, it's fine. But yeah, good list. Good list, it's been around for a while. Uh, I think this is the best Darth Vader has done in a major tournament, uh, Defender Vader has done in a major tournament. Uh, yeah, I right. believe Duncan got top four at Richmond with Darth Vader Defender. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the last time. I think this is the first time we've seen it in a finals. Yep. It's, it's still crazy to think about Knuckles hasn't played X-Wing in months mm -hmm. and had zero desire originally to play X-Wing at all. Like he had other plans for Gen Con. He's going to go chill out, do other stuff, other games he was playing other days. And he comes over Thursday, kind of sees everyone play, talks to a bunch of friends and everything. And he's like, maybe I'll play. Proceeds to get to the final table. Still has my rocks. Because <laughs> I had to go home. But I probably have extras, but he'll send a mail them to me anyway, so whatever. Yeah, and, and I think... I don't want to say this. I like, I like this beautifully you you couldn't couldn't have written it better as a as a point to like andrew in 2.0 was a great player right very high caliber um you see him in the roster you could see you you would expect him to make a cut and capable of making a final table has this this gap this break um, and is able to make a splash just jumping back in. And I know that the game is, quote-unquote, not the same as 2.0, but the point that I find really interesting is that players that were successful in 2.0 are finding success in 2.6 because their skills that they develop, the being able to make decisions on the board – still translates into this version of the game I'll, I'll i'll go one up on you on that one so i i think we've seen that just over and over and over again but i'll add to that mm -hmm. um you know going back to when 2.5 first started is 
the people that were good at 1.0 were good at 2.0. The people that were good at 2.0 were good at 2.5. We saw that with Adepticon. We saw that with other ones. And the people that are good in online play that started that started out in online play and started branching out, uh, you know, Crispy, of course, is one of them. Uh, he's like the most recent, uh, you know, um, person who, who the, the most recent breakout, right? But you have other ones, you know, uh, one that's more near and dear to me just because, you know, of camaraderie is like Steve Cotillo, uh, who Steve Cotillo is a, a local player to his local scene, never really went out there but was doing well in online tournaments goes to his first tournament at adepticon makes um makes a big splash there uh was my only swiss loss you know really good player so the translation of of not only being a good player from addition to addition to addition but also being a good player from um online play to in-person play and to your point it's it's about making those decisions and making those calculations about okay Am I going to go this way? Am I going to go that way? Am I going to be aggressive? Am I going to be defensive? Am I going to focus versus evade? Um, all of those decisions are still the decisions that are deciding games. And all of the people saying that this is not the game that I enjoy. Maybe it's 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 I, I you know the, I'm not going to argue against whether you enjoy the game or not. But the things that make players successful or not successful are still the same tr traits. Uh, as before, including practice and understanding the meta, which uh, Duncan was a great example of, of that element of the game that it's not just about how well you move ships around and how good your decisions are, is how well do you prepare and how well you want. Actually, my final in Adepticon against the ID was another great example of that is how well do you prepare for what's coming up? Um, I, I, I was winging it and he came in like a, like an engineer saying like this, like this centimeter from the board and, and like, Oh God, I'm, I'm he, in trouble. He, he found, he, um, he spent more time with it and found a way to say, no, you don't win. Yeah. So the, the, all of those things <laughs> matter just as much now as they always had. Right. Uh, maybe even more because there's more things to consider. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyway, I was just kind of riffing off, off the point you had made, but um, maybe go, go back. I was just riffing on that. All right. Well, let's keep it going. Uh, once we move into the top four, we have Nathan Idy, who we just finished talking about. Go ahead. Take it, Will. Uh, what did he play on? He played on, played on oh, day two. Here. All right. Nathan Idy flying X1 Darth Vader. Uh, that is with predictive shot, debris gambit, pattern analyzer, sensitive, passive sensors, and mag pulse warheads. So notably, no afterburners, and uh, no elusive, and no fire control system. No, normally, the sacred upgrades for X1 Vader uh, here replaced, uh, leaning on those passive sensors to combat road situations with other I6s, because you can take your actions uh, if you end up being first player, you can take your actions in the combat phase after you get to see a second player I-6 move. 
and of course the debris gambit. Uh, a new, a very new thing for X1 Vader. Never used to have a talent slot. So now he can get a white evade action if he's near an obstacle. Uh, then the rest of the list here, we got uh, Captain Faroff. That's a Reaper who gets a defensive ability um, with Seven Sister, a Force Point, um, or a, a debuff. If you stress yourself around her, she can spend that force, turn that stress into a jam or a tractor, uh, which could allow her to tractor beam you off of her and keep you in her firing arc, uh, make it uh, a range one attack instead of range zero. Uh, then, of course, can't be an Imperial list without Jingle Jingle Wampa. Uh, these have contraband, cybernetics, Wampa. I think with definitively everyone has begun to agree that Elusive is the best upgrade for Wampa. Uh, it's better than Disciplined, I guess. That's just what, uh, what has been the most popular. And then this item has uh, a Elusive and Ion Cannon. Uh, very effective, you get that three dice. Uh, for your TIE Fighter, and she can help protect the other TIE Fighters uh, when need be. Uh, this is uh, very interesting. Uh, he really liked that Reaper, uh, throwing it in there, jamming people, trying to activate that Seventh Sister, uh, using, it, uh, using both the Reaper and the, the TIE Fighter Mini Swarm uh, to distract opponents. Uh, to help protect that Darth Vader. Because obviously at seven points, uh, that's a ship you cannot lose if you're trying to win the game. Yeah, that's one of the things that we, we talked about on uh, on stream, Will, is if you have those those pieces, you have to have a, a you have to have a way to screen. We use the word screen uh, for them. Right. If you're not familiar, it's a it's a, a sports term. Uh, it's used a lot in basketball is the one that comes to mind first where you essentially have someone in front of you being able to block or get in the way so that you're your person trying to make a move or make the shot uh, can get through safely, get a little bit of space as needed. And uh, those TIE Fighters do a good job, especially, um, you know, you got that. You don't want to be sitting in front of that Iden with uh, Ion Cannon. It makes you sad. <laughs> All righty. Our other top four competitor was Joe Canopa out of, um, out of Indiana. Let's go ahead and do some searching here. He was on Heat 1. He was on Heat 1. All right, there it is. Joe Canopa, a resistance list, makes the top four after the resistance was a little bit quiet for a while. Chewbacca in that YT-1300 with notorious marksmanship. False transponder codes, Ray's Millennium Falcon, and Ray Gunner. Ray Gunner, uh, if I'm not mistaken, gives you a very similar ability to her pilot ability where you can change a blank to a hit or an evade by spending that force. Then you got uh, Kaz, Kazuto Ziono, with heroic R1J5 false transponder codes, advanced slam, targeting computer, and Kaz's fireball. Uh, I'm starting to see R1J5, a.k.a. Bucket, pop up a lot more on Kaz because I think we realized 
how it was maybe meant to work from the beginning, which to be able to to take those um, what what type of crits? A ship crits, correct? Ship crits. Well, the Kaz's fireball chooses a ship crit, and if ever a crit is repaired, I think it works with pilot to the SB, I guess. Uh, <laughs> But yes, yeah, so the main difference, though, is that the standard R4, or excuse me, what's the whole healing one? R5. Yes, R5, thank you. Uh, R5 got banned. No more generic region. Uh, so normally, uh, or previously, before that card was banned, you could just turn one, uh, use the R5, and uh, throw away your explosion with wings. Uh, to essentially give yourself a whole upgrade and have your ability work against I6s. Uh, now, uh, Bucket says after you repair a damage card with the ship trait, uh, which you can tuck underneath of with Kaz's fireball. Uh, and I think the consensus was on Fuel Leak, actually, uh, because Fuel Leak... Uh, would essentially give you another damage, but then fix itself mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, there was essentially no penalty for it. I guess you could do direct hit, but you might as well wait until Fuel Leak actually triggers because mm -hmm. it could just sit there all game and doing nothing after it's uh, flipped up from Explosion with Wings. Right. I wanted to clarify because you said Cass's ability would be able to work on i6s kaz's ability would be turned off for i1s first oh yeah it, it works in reverse order i always i always get that mixed up all right well, we'll continue with the list thank you for that update and we had three y wings these uh resistance y wings that uh people hadn't quite figured out and i think wilsa kai and shasa are going to start making some waves in the resistance we had Wilson with Ion Cannon, R4, R, not R, L, L4E, R5, Bomblet Generator, Engine Upgrade, and Targeting Computer. Uh, Kai with Tierfon, Belly Run, Ion Cannon Turret, Prox Mines, Engine Upgrade, and Targeting Computer. And another very similar loadout, actually exactly the same loadout for Shasa as, uh, as Head on Kai. So, of course, the way that this this list works, those Y-Wings in and of themselves are scary, uh, especially if you end up getting pretty, close enough to start getting range 1 Ion Cannon Turrets. And as they go down, you have Chewy there uh, able to perform an action and do a bonus attack after each one of those ships ends up getting taken down um and of course you got kaz out there fast enough to be a great objective getter uh really good piece there so congratulations to joe uh friend of gold squadron and uh player out of hangar 19 family time games in uh in indianapolis so that is the uh, the best performing local player for uh for gen con as we move into the top eight bracket, I'll go ahead, Stanny. I'll let you take a take a pick. Whose list do you want to break down? Uh, remind me. You know what? We'll. I know this person's in top eight. Let me get to it here. We'll go to Jonathan Grasser. Um, he was day one as well. He ran an imperialist uh, of Darth Vader, Tie Defender. 
with Malice Juke Heavy Laser Cannon, uh, ISP Jinguus with Dead Man Switch, Wampa with Elusive, and then Morna Key with Seventh Sister, Moth Jerjerod, Proximind, and Dauntless. So a giant FO bomber sometimes with the system phase red boost to drop Proximind. Um, but also, I think um, we saw this in Nathan's list. But the Seven Sister crew is starting to see more of a showing um, in response to a lot of things that either might wanna don't don't mind bump stressing or bump stress focus or just linked actions or things that end up stressed. Um, Seven Sisters are really powerful anti-stress um, effect where you can replace that stress token that ship gets with a jam token or a tractor token, which can be devastating. All right, next we have Mark Myers, another appearance for the Resistance, I believe. Did he play on day three? I see a three. Nope, not day three. Oh, he's also day one. Who's right oh. under Jonathan Grasser? Also, right, right there. It was right there in front of my face, Marcel. All right. So, uh, so Mark Myers flew the Resistance's uh, Happy Flyboy Poe Dameron with integrated foils, uh, Ferrosphere paint, which I think most posts is what they took. Ferrosphere paint, R4 Astromech, Overdrive. Munitions Failsafe, Black One, Heroic, Jamming Bean, and Proton Torpedoes. Pretty standard loadout for Poe these days. Ray with Heroic, Novice, Technician, Rose Tico Finn, um, Ray's Millennium Falcon, and Engine Upgrade. I don't think that's a standard loadout other than uh, Finn, and I think a lot of people play around with between the engine upgrade and novice technician and then Covenel. that's a surprising one uh haven't seen a lot of the transports around the Covenel resistance transport and with heroic r4 estromech leia organic crew and uh jamming beam so um uh definitely a a different type of three ship list than what was probably expected especially with the covenel uh five points because i've been like toying with something similar uh and it's been either nianum it's been zizi it's been zar zori zari ziri zari zori ziri zuzu uh the y-wing i5 y-wing uh but yeah covenel bringing it in and making it pretty far Alrighty, our next top eight list right underneath that was Zach Bart. Take it, Will. All right, Zach Bart flying an Imperial list. Uh, this one with Darth Vader in the X1. He's got Hate, uh, Elusive, Pattern Analyzer, and Afterburners, uh, as well as Rexler Brath in the uh, Defender with Juke and Ion Cannon. Two Jingos with Dead Man Switch. And of course, Elusive Wampa. Another instance here of Jingo Jingo Wampa uh, mixed in with two different uh, seven point ships, uh, this time choosing uh, X1 Vader and the 
uh, defender of Rexler. Uh, Rexler is still great at I-5 uh, with that juke and uh, Iron Cannon obviously is not as good as uh, on offense as uh, Darth Vader defender. Um, but once you uh, start applying that pressure uh, or can start uh, getting blocks with the uh, the jingoist, uh, forcing people to uh, take the stress uh, just to be sure that uh, they have something to spend against your juke. Uh, very, very powerful. Our next top eight was Andrew Schmidt. Andrew Schmidt, let's go ahead and pull his list up. Andrew Schmidt was top of top of day two. We have a uh, another resistance list here, um, similar in Shasa Wilsa Lega showing up again with some different loadouts here, um, led by Poe. Heroic, R4 Astromech, Ferrosphere, Proton Torpedoes, Mujia Students Fail Safe so that you can pick those sad torpedoes back up. Overdrive Thrusters, uh, Black One, Jamming Beam. We had Finn in the Transport Pod with Predator, Heroic, Perceptive Copilot. Uh, Shasa in what is kind of a standard, uh, standard loadout for these Y-Wings, Belly Run. Ion turret, proton bombs, engine upgrade, targeting computer. Uh, Wilsa with ion cannon, cluster mines, which uh, had some exciting moments on stream. Engine upgrade and targeting computer. And, of course, Lega with, uh, with that belly run, ion cannon turret, chaff missiles, and BB-8 giving you a um, FO bomber-esque ability during that system phase with the newest errata you're able to spend that charge you can barrel roll or boost so you boost like the bombers or barrel roll um before you toss out chaff cloud so you have that flexibility uh we learned from the fo bombers that being able to reposition and do the chaff clouds really really good what if a y-wing did it too seems pretty scary especially for uh for a platform that is normally not known for for being for doing kind of sneaky stuff like that like that doesn't feel y-wing-esque but it's cool that they're uh, they're getting to do some little fun watch out I, I think this lega is gonna start showing up in places for resistance that that lega was I spent a lot of time with that lega before gen con as well actually <laughs> now is lega the only one that can do that Lega is uh, the, the only one because it has a missile slot and the yeah. uh, loadout available to uh, do that with BB-8. So, yes. All righty. Let's keep it going now. That was the top eight. Uh, we'll jump into that top 16. And I want to make sure I'm going to say it first because apparently I missed it. The last time he made a cut. So I want to make sure Nick Sperry, Nicholas Sperry of Chicago, Illinois, made it into that top 16. And I want to make sure that we first let everybody know that he didn't quite put his list in the correct way in the TTT. 
All right, so this would be a skippable offense. This is maybe why we <laughs> skipped it the first time. Um, but but because I love him so much, we're going to try to pull his list out, have list fortress too, out of this sure. hot mess, uh, which it was on day three. Yes. All right, go ahead and, uh, and <laughs> go ahead and, uh, and, and read it, Ryan. All right. As actually Duncan alluded to, uh, this is an archetype he's interested in, uh, but Nick Sperry running Han Solo Falcon with Baze Malbus K2SO, Bistan Falcon title, and Hopeful, last extra point, uh, Wedge with Predator Elusive Proton Torpedo R4 S-Foils, and Luke with Trick Shot Shattering Shot Proton Torps R3 and S-Foils. So Wedge, very likely the target for K2SO. Or similarly modded Torp like Luke. Um, Han with the double shots with Bistan, but not via perceptive co-pilot, opting for base Malbus. And that's it. Three ships. Yeah, very much I'm going to kill you. This is a PvP <laughs> list. These, I mean, granted, they are X-Wings. Not a lot of repositions they're trying to do. They're just trying to show up and kill things. So they could still pick up boxes. It's not a big deal. But they're more likely there to say, I dare you to do a scenario action. Or be <laughs> where a scenario is. Pick up that crate. I'm going to slap Actually, you. <laughs> and so I casted it, but Will faced it in the top 16. Will, if you want to maybe talk a little further about actually going up against it uh as far as the li i mean actually this is something that i was looking at i think everyone's kind of like halfway keep like always keeping an eye on luke and wedge plus eight points or something um but uh yeah this is a super mean list uh when you can pull off all of those ships uh attacking han can attack multiple times as well with that bistan uh and it can do some serious damage uh i think the i think he did what did i say seven and then it would have been uh plus six so yeah he did about like 11 or 13 damage to a a reinforced decimator uh, as a note in a single round that's uh pretty powerful stuff he got that one without a torpedo i think it was just a regular he he shot a regular shot with oh, yeah. shattered sort of trick shot. Game. Yeah, he he shot a shattered trick shot primary, which is five dice, into a reinforced and evaded, and like he rolled an evade. So he got three damage cards in, and I think in those three damage cards that came in, it was like a fuel leak, double damage, fuel leak, double damage, some some crazy thing like that. Uh, I just remember seeing that towards the end. Yeah, because the yeah, beginning, yeah. Those, those torps were coming in on Oiken. Yeah, no, in the beginning, he was rolling the six dice, not the five. Um, but uh, but yeah, very. I mean, when yep. that when it lines up, um, it, it, it is nasty. And the yeah, other thing, it, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, I was just gonna say when it when it works, it. it uh, it works. The, the there is just some flaws in it, though, is that it only has uh, three uh, 
well, I, Han's, Han's like technically two arcs and two shots, uh, but you only have like three bodies moving around the board. So every time you miss a shot uh, or you don't line up an arc, uh, it is uh, detrimental. True, but there's a lot of three ship lists out there that that are being successful. Uh, so it's not a this is I mean this is not by by itself on that. And I know we got to keep going, but I think Dion, if you want to put a note on it for like uh, next week or maybe the week after next, mm -hmm. would love to kind of revisit where we are and just see like um, you know going through and seeing you know some of the things that we feel need adjustments like the jingle jingle wampa whatever the six points with all that loadout probably needs an adjustment by the, the way the, the title trick. the title track on our next album will jingle, be jingle wampa will be jingle yeah. jingle wampa <laughs> just just uh, i just want to put that that's, out. that's, 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 the that's what i say it sounds like a very holiday themed uh soundtrack but also like the shatter trick combination that you know, just things like that. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to go through and, and figure out like what's overcosted, what's undercosted, and what probably shouldn't exist at all. Uh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, we'll we'll start examining those things. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out in this list, well, usually when you see Han with Biston, he's paired up with perceptive co-pilot nick deciding to go with that base mollus that is a card that i have seen on somebody play maybe once or twice it's very very rare i'm gonna go ahead and read that ability because i think most people probably don't even know what it does so it's while you perform a focus action you may treat it as red if you do gain one additional focus token for each enemy ship at range zero to one for a maximum of two so you can end up with three focus tokens is how that ends up happening uh so if you're willing to keep han solo in the fight at that range zero to one you're going to be able to to use that biston ability yeah the, uh, with mods the biggest uh factor in that is the range zero uh and because it already treats it's it tells you to treat your focus as red uh, that is the exact wording with the bump rules. Uh, the red focus you're allowed instead of your perform action step. Mm -hmm. I recently learned that as well, that it's not actually your perform action step. You take that focus. Uh, it's a step right before it. Uh, but essentially, you run into, you ram Han into a ship and you get two focuses for a stress. Uh, the focus stress you would have gotten anyways. So it's uh, pretty impactful. Plus, with that bis stand, you're probably shooting out the rear arc anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so you get like a free double attack. It's pretty intense. Uh, vase. Up, up, up. Or, or reword it. Reword it to say in your perform action step, please don't let it work with bump focuses. Han's out there like, yeah. Yeah, just like, like you can't block him. I, I had a jingoist just trying to block him. I was like, slow him down or something. Like, <laughs> do, so, do something. I, I was like, I mean, you're not even eating his shot because he gets two of them. So, like, I, I don't even know why I'm blocking him at this point. Yeah, it was also like really early in the morning and there was no one in the convention center and it was my first time hosting a cast 
and Will just wanted me to be as quiet as possible because uh, if we were loud enough, but, they, they the stream table could actually hear the commentators. Uh, and we were discussing yeah. death troopers and how Nick had to be careful about using things like K2SO and Baze. And, and in some point in that conversation, I just hear Will, Ryan, shh. <laughs> yeah it was uh it, it wasn't like i didn't actually like hear what you're saying i just could hear like you you like saying like uh our names or whatever and it was just like in that like it must have been like turn one or two turn two like lull where every table was like setting dials in silence and uh none of like it was like what 7 40 in the morning or something yeah, there like was that. nobody so, else like, in nobody, that hall yeah just us very yeah. dedicated and x-wing players the, the thing the thing with the headsets we have on is i pretty much can only hear the table audio because of it's coming through the headset and chris and i talking because that's what it's meant to do block out right. everything else mm -hmm. because it's blocking out everything else i'm used to everything else being a lot of loud con noises yep i'm not used to everything else actually just being silence <laughs> so yeah. there no, was I one don't... point in the game no. where will went to oh. go check a range one for death troopers and it wasn't there and nick's like what you checking for is like wasn't there don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it he's like <laughs> Like, wait a minute wait a minute i worried am worried <laughs> i'm worried now it is like d uh he's just like measuring for no reason i was like there's a reason he's like he's like what reason <laughs> don't worry about it don't um worry about it. <laughs> Moving on here to our, uh, our our other top 16 competitors. We had Cam Murray out of Canada who um, who was the one that defeated me. Another Boba Kashka Kanan Jarrus. This this list will be the bane of my of my nightmares for a little while. So he got me in Swiss as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, some scum players are going to hate me for saying this. Oh, here he's hot takes by Stanley. Let's go. If they're Kanan Jarrus Hawk is worse in my mind than Vader Defender. Like as a ship that just annoys me and is stupid and I rarely ever want to see it across the table from Bowers, there's there's the list. Kanan Jarrus is on the top of like I just hate seeing this. I don't care what list I'm flying. I may have a, a, a okay matchup against it because I bring something sometimes that's more than like your average ship count, and Kanan's less effective. But man, that Kanan who can take stuff like extra force crew is just a nightmare all the time. It's very annoying. So yeah. Yeah, Dion, you know, can you, you walk us? Dion, can you walk us through what it's like shooting at a mall cannon? The the interaction that causes. Um. Okay. <laughs> um anyway uh so maul has a force charge of course and says that when you take damage you can take a stress in order to recover the force kanan's ability requires to spend the force so when kanan wants to when he's decided that his actions don't matter anymore he can essentially just Every time he takes a little, takes one damage, he's just flipping that force every time. So every time you're shooting it, um, 
he's going to minus one attack dice against you or for his his buddies. Um, so that that maul gets flexed hard. So good. Um, it is, I think, 100% the correct choice on uh, on a Canaan Hawk right now if you're going to bring it. So uh, what are the other upgrades that are on there? So we had Boba Fett, Fearless, Electro Chaff Missiles, Contraband Cybernetics, Slave One, Ahsoka Tano, and Veteran Tail Gunner. Kashka Frost in the uh, that is the initiative three. I, I kept thinking it was an initiative four during our game, so I kept accidentally giving him extra information by moving my scorch. Uh, first, I made that mistake like four times during that game. Not that that's not the reason why I lost, but I kept forgetting it's initiative three, folks. Kashka Frost is initiative three. PSA done uh kashka's got notorious triple zero seismic charges contraband cybernetics marauder and veteran tail gunner um and the thing with this list is it gives you a three-pronged no good choices for what to attack first um boba fett obviously if he's going to get to range if he's close enough to get in range one you probably got chaffed before it happened um so you don't have a lot of actions and boba on his own uh, he's got a force he's got his re-rolls kashka frost with notorious is because it's initiative three most likely most of your ships have already shot it uh you get it's gonna have that offensive reroll triple zero um you're giving them the calculate most of the time because you're not gonna want to take that stress plus it has the marauder um really really good uh, Kashka is probably the one you want to attack first but it's easier said than done and of course we already talked about Kanan so uh, but of course if, if yeah if your ship is stressed or you bump focused uh, Kashka's like I'm the boba now um, it's 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 quite good it's quite good so um, when I faced against Cam, when you have two ships that they're that they're you, they're part of your offensive solution in Scorch and Malrus, uh, who both require taking stress to use their abilities, it's a bad time. It's a bad time. Um, so, anyway, congratulations, Cam, making it to the top sixteen. Let's keep it going. We had our friend of the show and member of Team USA, Tommy Adams. He played on which day, friends? Day three. Day three. All right. Whose turn is it? I think we kind of changed tracks. Somebody. Anybody. I'll go, I'll, I'll go ahead myself. Sure. So Tommy was flying uh, the same list that he's been fl flying for XTC, which is Wedge uh, and TLS and T65 with Marksmanship, Elusive, Proton Torpedoes, R3 Astromech. Then Luke Skywalker with Proton Torpedoes, Afterburners, Colby Sparato with Notorious R4 Astromech Contraband Cybernetics, and Fenral Sheathapede with Leia Organa and uh, R4 Astromech. So, um, different variations of uh, on the list that I don't know how far I made it, but list that made it pretty far in in the first European Worlds qualifier. Did it win? Mm -hmm. I don't think it won. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bart Bartos flew it and won. 
Oh, he did, did win? Did he, did he not win? I don't remember. It was so long ago. So he did well. That's all we need. That's, it, <laughs> he, got to, he was a finalist. I'm pretty he sure he won. Finalist, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think he did win because he, he, now he's got the ticket to come over here. So I guess he did. And the um, – yeah, so really good list. Uh, Tommy's a really good player. Team USA representing. Um, and we, we mainly me, have been telling them, like, Tommy, you're flying the wrong version of this, but can't really argue with success. So uh, if Tommy's flying this and he's doing well, then, you know, he's, he's doing well and he's flying this and it's working for him. Awesome. Next, we have Mike the Boys. The Boys. Sorry, Mike. Let's see. A B O. That is not that. It's, it's, it's right under Tommy. Aha. Right over. Easy. Take it, Will. All right, this is a CIS uh, control list. I have General Grievous with Outmaneuver, Solus One, Imperium Plating. Jeez, uh, the, the only standardized card I would actually be interested in is the Outmaneuver, Imperium Plating, uh, Solus One, Grievous. Uh, it has also Django Fett um, with Count Dooku, Box Mines, Boba Fett, Gunner. False transponder codes, notorious, and slave one. Oh, sad, sad to not see heavy laser cannon and Boba Fett gunner. Uh, my favorite combination uh, for uh, uh, that gunner right now because it gives you an eyeball. Uh, as long as there's only one ship in your arc, uh, but uh, if you use the heavy laser cannon, uh, it's less likely to have it in the arc. Uh, but for this, you you can just go one-on-one, -on -one, uh, super easy. Uh, it's like having an extra force point on offense. Uh, super good combination there. Uh, then Cad, uh, Ch Chad Bane. Uh, with heavy, <laughs> uh, every time I see the heavy laser cannon, uh, ion cannon proxy mines, uh, that's a Chad Bane to me. Uh, trying to ionize you. Uh, this one gets free actions, uh, the Separatist version, when ships are destroyed. Uh, so you do a lot of cool things with that as well. And then Doofus81 out there, uh, independent calculations and Discord missiles. Uh, you can shut down uh, naturally rolled crit results, but mostly there as an objective getter and a, uh, a Discord missile launcher. Uh, classic. Uh, Combination of ships for the Separatists. All right. Our next player is Brian Harper. Brian Harper. And he was on day one, apparently. And Brian Harper uh, flew the uh, the same list as uh, as I did, and uh, another player who we will be talking about soon. I don't think we skipped him. The one wrinkle Brian Harper has is he opted oh. for extreme maneuvers on his Whisper Kylo. And yes. Not advanced optics. 
Uh, quick, we got a, we got a, a gold squadron errata. We did accidentally skip over Christopher Patrick when we were doing our. Uh, did I? No, what did I do? Oh, I accidentally jumped back to the top other one. So you know what? We're gonna skip this. Christopher Patrick, it gets the next, next, next. The, uh, the if not the originator, at least the the person who made this uh, first order combination as popular as it is. That's right. So Christopher Patrick, uh, aka Crispy. By the way, shout out to uh, Scott from Hex Out Gaming. This is basically is uh, Christopher's one of his regulars on the show, and uh, since he had been doing really well, was like, "Hey, can we pull pull some money together for you to send you to Gen Con?" Uh, so that was really cool. So uh, great idea, Scott. And. Um, here we go. So he brought uh, the list that inspired me to play the same thing. This is the same thing he won uh, his Galactic Galactic Championship qualifier with. Kylo Ren, that TIE Whisper, Instinctive Aim, Shattering Shot, Predator, Concussion Missiles, Advanced Optics, Munitions Failsafe, and Enhanced Jamming Suite. Um, that Advanced Optics on Kylo is money. Cash money. Cash money, cash money. It was so good. Um, Commander Malrus with Marksmanship and Cluster Missiles to be able to get that bonus attack. Remember, Malrus is the one you spend the charge in order to have uh, – we call it – if you ever hear a first edition player call it Glitter Stem, that ability when it – the first time that ability showed up, that's what it was called. All your focuses become hits and evades for the turn for the cost of a stress at the start of engagement. Scorch, taking a stress to throw an additional die with Predator, Fanatical, Advanced Optics, and then Dread with Electro Chaff Missiles, Skill Bombardier, Proximity Mines, and Grudge, who has an ability that everybody should remember at all times, with Elusive, Automated Target Priority, Electro Chaff Missiles, Skill Bombardier, and Proximity Mines. That note is for myself, not for crispy by the way um there we go it's a very good list very nasty uh and it is definitely i think one of the one of the boogeymen you got to watch out for i'm curious curious to see how every time there's a tournament right there's there's meta reaction there's meta reaction and we won't know what the big reaction is is the next big qualifier the italian qualifier is that that with that one and then nova right after if I'm not mistaken. So let me see if I can look on AMG's website to find out. Because I think the I know the the Italian one didn't make it on the list for some reason at first. Accidentally, things happen. Stuff. Anyway. Soon. Uh, soon. Couple, yeah. Couple of I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see yeah, what the reaction been... is. Their post was, uh, uh, we've added Italy and Nova open to the schedule. So um, let me guess, I guess, click the schedule here. Uh, the September 1st is Nova. Uh, the Italian is September 2nd. Oh, so they're the same weekend. Same weekend. Okay. Same weekend. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, so congratulations, Christopher uh, Christopher Patrick, aka Crispy, for making it that far. Uh, as we continue into the top 16, we had Andrew Goldbach, who uh, we had play on stream. He won his game uh, and got the monkey off his back. He's a supporter of the show, awesome dude, but um, he had lost six straight times on GSP stream. Uh, and he got 
his W. He got the monkey off his back. So super proud of him and brought a cool list. Um, let me go ahead and find it. And then Ryan should be day three. is going to tell you all about it. I will. I am prepared. So Andrew Goldbach running scum. Uh, we have the or some quote variation of a Q, the Q9 that we've seen the most, which has the child and the Mandalorian. Does not have Babu Freak like uh, Nicholas God has done in the past. Has opted for Greedo and Burnout Thruster, so a slamming Q9 to get around the board wherever Andrew Goldbach wants it to go. Um, we have a Cath Scarlet running Marauder Electro Chaff Missiles, Ahsoka Tano, Contraband Cybernetics, and Notorious. My guess is that it had to be Kath because of loadout amount and or slots available to get the specific fire spray Andrew was looking for. And then correct me someone in the future or maybe now if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the first gauntlet we've seen in a world qualifier cut uh, with Rook cast carrying the Mandalorian super commandos Gar Saxon gunner drop seat bay to be able to carry those extra crew um, and then contraband cybernetics the swivel wing and marksmanship so uh, when things are have a red token on them Gar Saxon Gunner can spend them and then add another die result. Or not add, add you, can, you can add a red to your roll pool. Um, which can be very powerful because Rook Cast's ability allows her to, before she engages, to take a strain and then mod and then may turn a blank or an eye to a hit as long as cast is strained so very akin to how well modded a major vermeil can be when an enemy ship does not have a green token good stuff good stuff our next top 16 competitor was mark moriarty who played on day three should be somewhere around there there you go just scrolling up and uh he flew a very similar list um to the first order but there's a couple of tweaks on it uh in we have grudge with elusive the same loadout that we've talked about, elusive, automated target, priority, electro chaff, skill bombardier, proximity mines. Uh, we still have Scorch. We still have Commander Malris. We still have Kylo Ren. Um, but the difference here is that instead of a second FO bomber, had Ember in the tie BA with elusive and pattern analyzer. So a little bit more AC moving ship um obviously did well um the ember play is something that i'm 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 curious about because i've never been able to make that ship work it just don't don't work for me uh if you're not familiar with ember correct me if i'm wrong uh this is the 
Thai BA that allow that prevents enemy ships from spending green some type of green token effect, something along those lines. Cor yeah, usually considered to be not a not an ability to ever be concerned yeah, about. Talking about like Ember, yeah, yeah, the, this yeah, is just Ember a, is no mods at all. You cannot mod. No, so it's it says while mods, let, spend I, focus or count. I says while you perform an attack, if there is a damaged friendly ship to the defender at range zero to one. So basically, if the person you're shooting is damaged, or one of the other ships in your arc are damaged, um, that are range zero to one from that, uh, the defender cannot spend focus or calculate tokens. Oh, okay. So I was thinking the hat, the new Hask Tie Fighter. That's the one that you can't mod at all, right? Like Gideon no force, no anything. Fighter, the yeah. Bob yeah. Gideon. No. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so, um, uh, yeah, Ember is kind of like a throwback. Ember ability is actually pretty real with stuff like the cluster missiles from Malris, the Prox mines from the from Grudge, and Kylo shooting some very well modded concussion missiles. So most people took Ember because she was the only four-point tie BA. Mm -hmm. All right. As we continue to move here, uh, we have Philip Schmidt, not, uh, not related to Andrew Schmidt. I don't think so. I don't know, guys. What do you what, do? Do you have any inside information on me? Is this? Is this... Uh, when I played against him, uh, if I recall, he is not related to Andrew Schmidt. Sad. All right. So, so what? What do we got here, Marcel? So we've got Ray in the YT thirteen hundred with heroic Rose, Finn, the Millennium Falcon, title engine upgrade, and Dead Man Switch. Uh, Poe Dameron, not the Happy Flyboy uh, Poe Dameron, but the other one, the uh, the newer one, six point Poe Dameron, with overdrive thrusters, R four astromech, ion torpedoes, Daredevil, heroic, and ferrosphere paint. Wilsa uh, in the Y wing with targeting computer engine upgrade, ion cannon turret. I have no idea what this is. All L four E plus. L4 the R5. The Larry Droid hooks uh, calculates to friendlies at the start of engagement. Fair enough. Uh, with Bombler Generator and Shazazaro with targeting computer engine upgrade, dorsal turret, Connor nets, and expert handling. Uh, I like the expert handling on their barrel roll and get a calculate. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, very. It, it's a variant of other lists that were that seem to be doing well if i'm not mistaken uh did he do he, he did four and one or five and oh because i know he was, he was a, up there four and one he was four and one, four and one yes okay. but he was the no he went undefeated my bad yeah so I, I remember he yeah. was up there both the two undefeateds in day two were both last name schmidt yep uh, and shout out to Philip Schmidt. I was making making that joke. I know that they're they're not related. He uh, actually was one of our Gold Squadron Paint Wars competitors. He was wa rocking his Paint Wars shirt one day. Uh, he was on the Morador episode. If you want to check that out on our our YouTube channel, which uh, ship was he? A Skirk. 
the skirt. No, no, which one was it? Uh, I'll look he was at the, it he, oh, he, he was the, you know what? Watch the video. There you I go. I watch the video. <laughs> watch it again. I was the one with the, uh, the landscape on it, like the Mordor landscape. Yeah. He also, he do, he's donated like a bunch of painted ships to the, to the cast. So shout out to Philip Schmidt, super cool guy. Um, and great community member. Next, we have our very own Nick Tobin, Nicholas Tobin. Uh, he was on day three, and there's the list. Take it, uh, Will. Okay, so this uh, – he didn't get the latest update uh, that uh, Duncan was talking about. Uh, still utilizing that uh, coordinating crew of Yoda on Hound. This is a Republic list. So Hound with uh, Yoda, 7th Fleet Gunner, and Ag Agile Gunner. Contrail with dedicated R7, A7, delayed fuses, proxy mines, and of course, best title. Uh, and then this Obi-Wan, they were talking about heightened perception, Juke and Ion Cannon. And then Anakin in the 7B out uh, with Patience, Daredevil, R2-D2, and Spirit Price Canister. So uh, Duncan talked a lot about this, but I just want to iterate uh, the action or the interaction between Obi-Wan uh, with that heightened perception. So you bump yourself up to seven, which will be, you would take like a first player other heightened perception Luke or something like that uh, to shoot before you. But... You can shoot your ion cannon with juke. Uh, so you're either going to stick a ion on them, which could break their lock, or you're going to strip their focus if they have one uh, before they're able to shoot. So uh, really uh, an interesting way to debuff the enemy uh, utilizing the, the Ada's cannon slot there. All right, let's keep it let's keep it rolling. We had Andrew Lippins, I think the final Andrew of uh, yeah hashtag uh, Team Andrew for the, uh, you, the cut here. I, I I'll tell you though, with like the Galactic Championship ro uh, rosters, man, we got so many Andrews. It's irritating trying to ship things. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just calling it like it is. I think we should have an Andrew-only tournament, and only half of them get to keep the name Andrew. And the rest oh, of them, they got to okay. change it. It's too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> so uh, Andrew Lippins was top of um, top of day three, the, the third heat, and had resistance as well. It Poe Dameron, Heroic R4, Proton Torpedoes, Overdrive Thrusters, Black One, Heavy Laser Cannon, Kaz with Notorious and False Transponder Codes, Advanced Slam, Targeting Computer, and the Fireball, and then Shasa Kai and Wilsa with pretty standard loadouts there. Watch out for those Proton Bombs was the uh, bomb of choice there for Shasa and Kai. And then... We head into our um, – where Will and I fell on the field of battle, the wild card round. Uh, Will, what'd you fly, buddy old pal? 
Oh, I was, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, Double Desi, uh, which is apparently Double Desi Jingle Jingle Wampa because of how the points works out. Uh, basically, you can points Fortress 14 points uh, that your opponent simply doesn't have access to uh, because it's trapped behind a reinforced token. And uh, you have three TIE Fighters who are expert objective getters. On um, the salvage match I played, uh, Wampa grabbed a salvage and then just hard turned. And when an enemy showed up, he just dipped the other way. His only job was to hold that crate for as long as possible. Same thing with the overtuned modulators. Uh, being able to, uh, for like example, scramble um, or a salvage as well, where you had to spend your action to, to pick up the objective. Overtune modulators is great to essentially modify your dice that round to at least get you uh, survive the round uh, to score the points for a salvage. Uh, then the cloaking device as well, very similar. Uh, th this one excels in assault. Uh, where you need to uh, zone controls. Uh, either use it as a two boost, uh, like five forward, two boost, five forward, and uh, then you should be at the far objective in assault, um, or you could just cloak and hang out um, uh, near a single one. Uh, and then that is uh, just impressive to me. Um, I actually relate, like I said, there's 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 something freeing about you can never get mad at your green dice uh, with the decimators. And uh, it really, I think, helped me keep my calm all throughout the day. Uh, no more Luke double blanking, uh, which was the problem that I had with uh, uh, essentially a, a variation of uh, Tommy Adams' list that we mentioned earlier, uh, which is what I was flying up until... Uh, what the morning the morning while we were packing up i was like I was like as long as i don't need two printed lists i'll be okay uh what about you dion uh, i flew a... exactly the same list as crispy i'm not even gonna pull it up that yeah that but, would... I mean, yeah you got any secret insight some sauce at least your experience about it what was your favorite part of the list the favorite part of the list so um I was pretty down on Kylo Whisper when he came out, and I think the reality is that you—it's not a silencer, so you can't fly it like a silencer. It's a—it's a different ship, and I think the mistake I was making at first was that I—I—I I, I wanted it to be a silencer, but it has to play more cagey. It, it has a single. Uh, there's no double reposition. Um, you have to be able to utilize that jam and play a little – you have to play cagier than a silencer. The silencer at first, especially with the shields, like you want to arc dodge, but at the same time, because you have the shields, you can get in the scrum for a few turns and really try to dive in and, and take some bigger risks with the silencer. Um, but you, you paid those extra points to, to be – a little beefier but to make up for not being able to get to the scrum you got that back arc the problem with that back arc is you can use it for like a couple turns in a row and then you got to make a choice and that is do you hard one back into the fight boost so that you're in it again almost immediately or are you running away and three banking and if you make the wrong choice you probably have lost the game like i did against cam where i ran away 
and I shouldn't have, and I had the hard one on my dial wheel. I had it, and I changed it at the last minute, and I was wrong. But anyway, let us move on. <laughs> uh, we already talked about Tommy Adams. We talked about Mike, the boys. We were about to talk about Brian Harper. Brian Harper. Help me out here, boys. What day was he? A one. Harper. Oh, yeah. We, we'd barely gone over it, and then you readjusted our trajectory. But uh, I sure he was did. Running, he, he was running the FO list, but like I said, Kylo with extreme maneuvers instead of advanced optics. That's the only wrinkle. Mm-hmm. So a little, little wrinkle there. And our last person to hit is Justin Baumgartner. bomb and his list was an imperial list um i think he brought the same thing as nathan Idy. that's what i'm looking at here as well i don't did i had feel safe he must have because those are the, uh, those are all the same upgrades i'm looking yeah. at here uh oh. no uh Predictive okay, well, Shaw, Nathan Idy, failsafe. Oh. I think failsafe is at least a little more useful than. I don't can think you, you're ever using predictive shot. Can you and, use and as, a, and as, as a reminder here, quick for our, our listeners who aren't watching, this is Vader, Faroff, Wampa, Iden, uh, Jingo, Jingo. Yes. Uh, can you use predictive shot at range zero? I know there is like. Uh, some rules questions about uh, what you can and cannot do at range zero. Basically, you um, cannot do anything at all. But can, but uh, no, because you can't modify offense oh, or defensive dice. As you, can't even as use you declare like, attack at the defenders in your bullseye, you may spend a force. If you do during the roll defense stuff, the defender cannot roll more dice. So you're you're you still changing their dice pool. Which yeah, is you not allowed to range so. even normally, and he can't. Mm -hmm. So this okay. probably can't. Yeah, okay. like I'm saying, you Makes can't sense. even do like uh, like forlam and and like you just can't modify anything or right. What, no what? crack shots. Nothing. You can't touch your opponent's dice or your dice while you're yeah. the attacker. Uh, I did find out because it's not touching any dice. Whisper Kylo's effect can work at range zero. Yeah. Mm hmm to flip up uh crits uh that's exactly right uh jinguist as well technically work because it's before you engage so your kind of hands are clean like i was even attacking him i, zero, I didn't do anything like, i'm, I'm that, good. that strain was there when i started attacking i don't know what to tell you about that <laughs> Gotta love it. So that is our top cut coverage for Gen Con. Again, thank you to Duncan Howard. Now, what I would like to do now, my friends, is just talk about Gen Con in general. Like, Gen Con is so many games, so many other things that we saw and just people we hung out with. I figured uh, let's take a few minutes and talk about maybe any games that we played that were not X-Wing while we were at the con. Uh, Marcel, you can go first. Well, I go first. <laughs> I, I was there literally 24 hours. So I, I showed up Friday night, um, had dinner with you guys, played Coot at the Airbnb, uh, played Saturday, drove home Saturday night. So I was like in and out. So uh, my Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. 
biker bar that we ate pizza at. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. interesting. <laughs> that, that, you know what though? They were they were nice. They were super nice. They yeah, were having a great people, time. And they were, yeah. and they were uh, American. They were yeah. very much Americans. They, 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 they announced they it many were, times. They were American. Yeah. So there was there was, was a very very happy man that was just we are American to his friends. It's just, it's just like very passionate about yes. it. It so was great. They were passionately American. That's um, right. So so yeah. I mean, the only non X Wing game that I played was uh was with you guys and that was you were terrible yeah so bad i was terrible i won two you only won one it doesn't mean just because i lost than you (laughs) just because i won less doesn't mean that you played better like wait 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 you you may have happened into a couple of wins you know i'm just saying you how did how how would you have played better if i won more than you Let's move on. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, so, um, I did get into another game. I play a card game of uh, HP Lovecraftian uh, theme, um, and they do a special. Um, well, I mean, once you own the, they sell the expansion. You could you could do it yourself in theory, uh, but at conventions, instead of just uh, your individual table, uh, which is normally it's a one to four player game. So normally, in the game, it's cooperative, and so it's you and three other people. What's but the name? What's the name of the game? We didn't catch the name. It's Arkham Horror LCG. It's uh, made it. by Fantasy Flight. Got it. Um, in their their LCG catalog along with uh, Lord of the Rings and Netrunner, um, art rip. But uh, <laughs> the uh, convention, though, allows uh, in the newest uh, scenario, the newest convention scenario, unfortunately, they didn't have a new one, but it's fine. They, they're they doing great at that game. Uh, it allows three tables of four to play. They It's called Machinations in Time. So we were playing, my table was playing the present and then two other tables were playing the past and the future. And we had to, uh, like the people in the past would like, uh, they like would plant trees or like set down like time capsules uh, to like help out us in the future. Uh, and then uh, eventually if things would like work their way to the future and then the future could use the time portal uh to send uh like information back to us as well so it was kind of like made like a like a, uh, like a loop essentially um and it was uh we got started running late so the like as a note you got you know time is ticking for everybody uh and it was just like they like gave us the five minute morning and uh a table was just like, like we need these things. Like, and we're like, thank you for letting us know because we don't know what to do at this point. We killed a big monster, and we're like, uh, did the world end yet? So it was a lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of screaming, and a lot of yelling, a lot of like, uh, like uh, panicked voices as uh, the the world started collapsing in on itself. But uh, we pulled it off, and uh, the end of time, um, or before time. Uh, and uh, I played a painter. I painted. Most people were like a cops or uh, 
like real professions, um, but I chose a, a goofy painter. I normally play a salesman, so that's <laughs> to tell you to tell you a little bit about how wonky this game is. That so- that sounds real fun. What about you, Ryan? Um, didn't really partake in too many other games outside of when we did play Coup, the GSP house. I uh, got in a little bit after dinner to see you guys playing the dice throne game the marvel themed version which looks really cool um i walked the convention bought some souvenirs and stuff for sarah and ollie uh got ollie a little plushy growlith uh stuffed animal got sarah some tea turtle t-shirts um I almost got the Star Wars Villainous game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a hot seller that weekend. The box art was really nice. It looked really good. Um, I can't really call anything else that really... St- oh, I almost picked up the Outer Rim expansion too. So I do have the original Outer Rim and the expansion is probably something to do in the in the future, but uh, kept it to uh, kept it to the souvenirs and shirt souvenirs for Ollie's shirt for Sarah and um, had a really expensive dinner at St. Elmo's Saturday night and that's where my money went for me outside <laughs> understandable uh, yeah so the thing I was the most excited to pick up was the Marvel Dice Throne I picked it up while I was there had a blast Will and I got to got to crack it open and, and play we had super fun uh, Loki's mean that's all I have to say oh, Loki Chris Chris immediately enjoyed Loki yeah. as yeah. well could not stop well, uh, Lo- playing Loki, Loki is immediately like after playing Coup as Marcel mentioned Loki's definitely a Will character yeah. uh, it's <laughs> Lies just, in the just to mess with you, jerk, and everything. So. <laughs> so that was that was super fun. I also picked up the like basically RPG expansion for Dice Throne. Um, you could essentially use it as a I'm gonna I'm using air quotes like D and D a role play game system. You can use it there. It's just a, a very like a simplified version of it. Um, and I know I showed it to my wife today, and she thought it was really cool. Uh, so was super excited to to go through that uh, with her. It should be fun. And uh, then I got a couple of games for my daughter. We got this. I got this thing called Flip Over Frog, which is like a combination of like a memory matching game. Um, and these there's these frogs. You put them down. And they have different arrows. They're either diagonal or up and down and when you place a frog next to it if it has an arrow pointing it flips and at the beginning of the game you're assigned a color and at the end of the game when the whole board is is full depending on how the frogs got flipped uh whoever has the most number of their color frogs facing up wins and my we had a blast playing it at the kitchen table earlier today was super fun um and just, i got to play a couple of demos when i was walking around i think that's uh definitely super fun is just like uh find trying to find a gem and uh there's a game oh, i'm forgetting forgetting the the name hold on let me just go grab it give me will riff for 30 seconds uh okay well 
uh, again, uh, first time caller reminding us here uh, that if uh, you uh, can get in contact uh, with a web developer or some may, hopefully somebody who um, is familiar with the uh, tournaments as well. Uh, we could always use the assistance, want to try to get that TTT uh, to continue to function uh, for uh, the future. A lot, there's a lot of uh, games and tournaments who want to use that TTT and we want to help make it uh, continuate to uh, forever, basically. Um, so a uh, big shout out to anybody who can, or call out rather, to anybody who can assist with that. All right, so the last game I picked up was this game, Aldabas is what it's called. Uh, it's based off of Colombian door knockers, and it's a, basically a resource management game. Um, it, one of my goals whenever I walk around Gen Con is to f try to find the smallest booth where you have a new game developer who's just super excited about what they did, right? That they really, like, hyped about their product. I got to play with him, and... Uh, I think this is the one. We didn't get to play it together at Gen Con because I wanted to play Dice Throne, but uh, I'm excited to bust it open and 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 play play a few times. Um, we'll see. This might be my shadow pick for Gen Con, but T TBD. Got to play it a few more times. It was fun. The little bit I did get to play. I did forget because this happened on the first day I got to Gen Con. Um, I went to go play Aerodome, Wade Pache's game. Yes, but fun. Great time. Ooh. Highly recommend if you get the opportunity to play Aerodome, do it. Uh, back it on Kickstarter when it comes out. Do it. Fun. Good time. Air Compat. Alrighty. So that was our Gen Con 2022. We look forward to being back next year. And uh, should be should be a good time. And like Will said, uh, if you got coding web development skills please get in contact with me uh hit me up on discord um send us an email dmorales at gold squadron llc.com or gold squadron podcast at gmail.com whichever one you remember um and make it obvious what is it that you that, that you i know how to do internet things and just let me know. All right. Super excited to uh, to hear from you. Thank you all. And, of course, it was great hanging out with you guys in Indianapolis. Be smart and be safe, everybody. Gold Squadron out. <laughs>